0: everybody. Welcome to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum rod garden show on the radio and the internet. Well, we got a good one for you this evening. We got a lady here that has been in the seed industry a long time, and we are excited to have her. She's all the way here from Asheville, North Carolina. Welcome everyone, Miss Tracy Lee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Miss Tracy is from Sakata Seeds, and Sakata Seeds is a seed breeder. We buy a lot of our seeds from, and it's a great partner for Hall's Tools, has helped us a lot, and just a wealth of information. And Tracy has been in the industry a a few, let's just say a few years, how about that? So tell us a little bit about Sakata.
1: So Sakata, as you said, is a breeder of flower and vegetable seeds, um, originally based in Japan, still the headquarters.
0: Hence Sakata.
1: Hence Sakata. It's Sakata. Sakata.
0: (laughs) We've been pronouncing the wrong word.
1: Um, And it's over 100 years old. In the 70s, they opened a U.S. office in California. And we've really grown from there in the U.S. We have uh, stations in Florida, in Washington State, California, and trials all over the U.S. Really? Yeah.
0: So what's your background a little
1: bit? So I've Been in seeds
0: since the day I
1: walked out of college, which was was Clemson University. I am a tiger. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, studied horticulture, both uh, undergrad and grad, and vegetable production. And so right out of college, I went to Greenwood, South Carolina, started working for Park Seed Company in their vegetable division, ended up doing a lot of the... um, all of the trialing, product selection, catalogs, all the fun stuff like you do here right. at Park Seed. And then um, was there for almost 10 years and then went up to Pennsylvania, became a northerner and worked for Burpee Seed Company. Mm-hmm. Also a old catalog company that's been around for a really long time servicing home gardeners.
0: In the, in the gardening industries, for me, with Burpee. Yeah,
1: yeah. Doing park. a lot of the same things there. So it's really exciting to... Cicada... Ca- I bought from Cicada as as someone like you over the years. And so it was nice to go to Cicada and sort of be at the beginning of the chain and help companies like yours do what I used to do and still in it.
0: So you, you've done a lot of work with breeding in the past. Breeding and- So
1: I am not a breeder, but I work very closely with the breeders and I basically go to the breeders and say, hey, this is what home gardeners need. This is what they're looking for. This might be what they're missing. What do we have? What can we develop that makes it easier for home gardens to get, you know, get good product? Right. And then they breed it.
0: And we talked a little bit before the show. Y'all did, y'all have done some pretty amazing things as far as taste tests. So taste and flavor has always been a big, important way that you develop, See, I mean, develop plants.
1: It is. You know, over the years, as... Seed breeders and producers started working um, with more and more of the large commercial production people who grow, you know, hundreds and hundreds of acres of one crop. Um, Flavor on some crops sort of became secondary or or not top of mind. But we're really proud at Sakata that we still find that it's very important that it's got to have disease resistance. It's got to have good performance, but it's got to have flavor.
0: Because after all, that's what we're after. That's why we're growing it. Yep. (laughs) So let's do a little update from the garden. uh, In my garden, our corn, which I'm growing this year, is the G90 variety. And as we say around here, it's about knee high. It will probably be what we call honey high by next week. (laughs) So uh, corn's looking good. Watermelons are running. Uh, Everything is in its prime. I mean, it's a good time to be gardening. Got nice weather to be working outside. Uh, gourds, Rosella, Pumpkins, Winter Squash, it's time, if you're in Zone 7 or 8, it's probably time for you to get those in the garden. And okra that we're gonna talk about a little further on. If you're in Zone 8 or 7, it's probably time to get those planted if you going to direct seed them.
1: Yes, it is time.
0: Yeah. Normally we say 65 degrees, soil temperature, and I think we've got that. I think
1: we just probably got it. Yeah, I think it. we got
0: that. So you're in good shape to do your uh, direct seeding on your okra, get it up. A common mistake we see every year is people direct seed okra too early. Too early. And they call and say, look here, you sent me some bad okra seed. <laughs> and we said, nope, you well, just planted it too early. So
1: here's the thing. We, I just sort of said, it's like we just got it because the soil temperature might be nice and warm one day, but just wait a couple of days I mm-hmm. guarantee you early on it's going to get cold again yep. so we got to be patient
0: and those night temperatures yeah they play yeah. havoc on us
1: yeah
0: so what we want to do we want to go over some varieties that we get from cicada today and we want to get some insights okay so i mean as well as we think we're versed on some of these varieties you got some insights that we don't have and we thought it'd be a great thing if we go through them and just talk about them and give the people out there some some information that they probably not normally get, or some inside information, which I think would be great. <laughs> okay. Now the first one I want to start out with is a, a tomato that everybody's heard me tout over and over again, and the reason why I touted this is I trialed it a few years ago against uh, a number of varieties. At that time, this has probably been it's probably been close to ten years ago. The varieties that we had at that time, we know things change a lot in the seed industry, and the Bella Rosa came out on top. So that's the reason I have really touted it. And it is to this day, probably still my favorite variety.
1: And a great seller. I mean, there's a lot of Bella Rosa tomatoes, especially in the Southeast. Right. Um, What was your favorite thing about it?
0: You know, I think it was the flavor. Yeah. Like we were talking about, right? Right. So,
1: so it's got really good disease resistance. Mm -hmm. The, the plant habit, it's a determinate plant. Right. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier determinate plants don't necessarily always produce the best tasting tomatoes and that's just
0: see that was new weird to me. genetic thing yeah that was news to me <laughs> so so earlier we were talking i'll let you expand on it and yeah. you said that the indeterminates normally taste better than the determinants do true however and that that was news to me
1: <laughs> um don't ask me to explain it right i'm not a geneticist but it is it is proven to be true as the breeders work on these things year after year after wow. year now, with that being said, because we're focusing on making sure that these things have good flavor, then that's one of our earliest tomatoes in, those deter- in that determinant line where you're going to still get a good flavor.
0: Yeah, and as I tell people, you know, with this variety here, don't expect to get the most vigorous plant out of the bunch. If you plant three varieties side-by-side, your bellarosa very easily could be the smallest of those plants. Yep. But hence, we're trying to grow tomatoes and not tomato plants.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing, and especially for around here, is it's heat set. Yeah. So a lot of times, if either the slide is a bit too late getting it out, you've missed the mark. And unless it's a heat set type tomato, it's not going to fully develop And expand tomatoes. on that heat set. So it means it's still, it'll set its flower and it'll do its thing and it'll form the fruit and it'll get a full size fruit, even when those temperatures have shot up warmer. Typically... The tomato needs to have already gotten along into the stage of developing that fruit before those really hot temperatures come along, and so you, if you're, if it's a really hot summer, if spring was really quick and summer just hits you like that, or if you're on vacation and a little bit late getting things out, you really want to go for a heat set so that it'll continue to set those tomatoes and and actually not, you know, a lot of times people grow tomatoes and then to- when it gets hotter, what happens that the the fruit just sit there. They right. never get bigger than this. They never get red. Right. And they've wasted all that.
0: And that's because of heat set. And
1: so because it's not a heat set type. So Bella Rose is a heat set type. So that's wow. that's really good for the Southeast.
0: Yep. All right, let's move to the next one. Now, this one right here has sold, probably outsold. Right, if it hadn't, so it's up there close to the top for us for the last two years. Really? Red Snapper. Tomorrow. So
1: this is some of our newer genetics. So even more concentration on flavor. But there's a few other things. You like the name?
0: I love the name. Let's talk about names. Well, and, <laughs> and also there's a guy here watching us from the other side of the cameras that actually name this tomato. This is again. right. This yep. is why I
1: bring it up. Yeah. So Mr. Craig is, Craig, in the back.
0: Craig is in the back <laughs> coaching us on. He's actually one that named it. So uh, yeah, I told him, I said did a great job on red snapper because yep. that's just a wonderful name.
1: Yep. And names are important. They're catchy. You remember them. It's, it's an easy way to spread the word about a favorite variety. Yep. It's an easy way to get excited about something. If you put a thought into why well, you're naming something, if it has something to do with the plant, right. then it's a good thing. But red snapper, you know, It's also a determinant, but a lot of times determinants can get really big and get overgrown in the garden, and you just don't have room for a lot of them. So red snapper, you can let it be. Mm -hmm. You don't need to prune it down. It doesn't take a lot of maintenance. So it's a real easy one. Um,
0: Also, it has a lot of foliage, so you don't have to worry about sunscald as much.
1: So this is um, also, oh, Craig in the back. (laughs) Is this what he said? (laughs) So the other important thing is we like to make sure that all of these that um, do well in the northeast or in the southeast do well in the northeast too. So we're not trying to breed tomatoes that are just Four going to go one variety. tiny little area.
0: Right.
1: Home gardeners are everywhere. Right. Home gardeners need to be able to not hunt for something that's going to only work in their specific area. Right. So it needs to have wide adaptability. This has also got good disease resistance.
0: It does have, and you wouldn't necessarily. This is one of those tomatoes you wouldn't even think about pruning. No, no,
1: no. Yeah. Mm-mm, no. So, just don't touch it.
0: Just don't touch it. Has plenty of foliage there. And it's going to protect it from the uh, sun scald, from the sun beating up your tomatoes there.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a great tomato. Red snapper, seventy-five days to maturity, and you can't get these just anywhere.
1: No, no, no. So you can only get them from us. That's right. <laughs> and you can only get them from him. <laughs> that's
0: right. The next one is one that we just picked up this year. Ah. This is the first year we have carried this tomato here. And uh, one of our customers actually brought me a tomato buy last year and wanted me to try it. And when I tried it and got looking into it, I said, this is a tomato we got. It was Roaster. Care. It was Roaster. This is my favorite.
1: Thank you to that person, whoever you yep. <laughs> I love Roaster Tomato for a few reasons. Really large fruit, but very, very early. So if you want to be one of those people that gets the big fruit first, show it off to your neighbors. This is a good one. Flavor, my opinion out beats all of these. Really? Now, we also talked about people and and flavor and tomatoes, right? It's all subjective. So it depends mm. on what you like. Some people like really high acid, some right. people like higher sugars. Right. A balance. Um this one is a balance but it's a strong tomato flavor. So this is a good tomato sandwich. Determinant tomato. tomato. It's determinant. It's got the crimson gene. So the crimson gene makes The color, just amazing.
0: It may be just all in my mind, but every one that I taste with the Crimson Gene Mm. has a particular flavor. It has something in there I can actually think I can taste that. So
1: it, strangely, has been proven that this has to do with this. Hmm. So you're seeing that ripe, ripe red
0: Deep, and it translates yep. into
1: all of your senses.
0: That's yeah. So 10 days, this roaster is 10 days earlier maturing than the red snapper is. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about 65 days. Now, is that from transplants? That's
1: from transplant.
0: Transplants, okay. Yep. Yep. So that's a quick tomato. It's quick, especially for the
1: size. Like uh-huh. you're talking, you're talking <laughs> like this, uh-huh. you know, and um, to get that kind of size, that early, that flavor, that color, and tons of them. The yield is exceptional. I'm sure you saw that if you grew it here. I did.
0: So what somebody could do if they wanted to plant more than, more than one crop in the springtime, they could plant a roaster first. Yes. And then follow it up with maybe a bellarosa yes. or red snapper. like absolutely. Or something That's a that. good point. Yep. Good plan. All right. Now I'm going to tell you what, this one right here is, is this is our first year on yes. this right here. Oh yeah. This is part of the little birdie series little that y'all offered to us. And, uh, and we got some of it because we were, we thought there was a need for it. Yeah. And then we grew some, and I've got one here I want to show you. I'm going to tell you people out there <laughs> that are interested in growing container type plants, mm-hmm. this is, as I would say, the cat's meow. <laughs> There's actually three in series. We only carry two. Okay. We carry this one in the yellow and canary. And the yellow canary. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this is a great, now I don't really know how you classify this because I'm going to pull it up here. I'll put this down. Look how compact that baby is. Isn't that beautiful? Is. Yeah. Can I turn it around? Sure.
1: So this is it. This is a full-grown plant. This is as big as it will get. And if you start looking in here, you can see.
0: Yeah, let's turn it around where the camera can see. Right you there. can
1: see it is going to be loaded. Now, so you are talking about how you classify this. So we talked about the indeterminates, right? The indeterminates keep growing, real tall, produce all season. The determinates stop at a certain height and usually flush out, you know, big one or two crops. This is a compact determinant. However, it will continue to produce like an indeterminate does. Wow! So it's just gonna
0: keep going all season. Yeah, extremely easy to grow, it has been for me. Yeah. And what's so great about it is being so compact, you can grow it anywhere. Anywhere,
1: you can grow this inside. You can grow it inside, you can keep it inside. You can grow this in your kitchen and never take it outside. Wow. You can grow it outside of your kitchen on the patio, or you can put it in the ground.
0: Yep, the yellow canella is canary, excuse me, yellow canary is just like it as far as growth habitat. Yep. It's just a yellow tomato. Yeah,
1: and in fact, one of my favorite things to do with these is to grow them in a hanging basket. And if you grow in a hanging basket, it's three plants per basket. So you can put a pink and two yellows, a yellow and two pinks.
0: Now this is comf- com- uh, uh, pink is what you would classify this mm-hmm. raw finish. As. So it's
1: a rose, a rose right. pink. Yeah, a pink tomato. And pink tomatoes typically have a milder flavor. And I would say that's true for this one, too, as opposed to red ones that are a little bit stronger. So, in general, pink tomatoes are are kind of mild. But look at the days on that one. Now, the reason, you know, of course, it's so tiny.
0: 55 days. We're getting shorter and shorter. Yeah.
1: So, you just had your whole summer there with tomatoes. We we started from the end and went forward. You (laughs) you go rosy
0: finch first. Yep. Then you go roaster. Right. Then you go red snapper or bella or vice versa. Yep. There you go and you got tomatoes all the way past <laughs> 4th of July. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, let's put this bad boy up. I'm just, that is awesome. I love right those. I think we should probably do more work with those. I think those are underappreciated. Try it
1: in hang a hanging basket. I think i yeah. will
0: love it. All right. Cherry tomatoes. Everybody loves cherry tomatoes. And this is classified as a cherry tomato, correct? Or so a grape tomato. Is, this is a grape tomato. It is a grape, grape kind grape.
1: of.
0: Mm-hmm. Sweetheart's tomato, 60 days to maturity.
1: So grape tomatoes, we're kind of old. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so grape tomatoes was a new thing a long time ago, and they started out in the grocery stores the first time you saw them, and it was this new oblong And they come tomato. in the clusters? Um, no, so they they can be clustered, but they can be in long strings, and okay. they can be individual too, depending on the variety. But, you know, when they first came out in the grocery store, The thing was, I mean, you think cherry tomatoes are sweet. Grape tomatoes are just like sugar. Really? And so I remember. I remember them coming out in the grocery store, and at that time there was one variety. And every grower in the whole U.S. that grew grape tomatoes to take to the grocery store was growing that one variety. It's still out there, by the way. But then all the consumers would go buy it from the grocery store and like, what is this? There's no cherry I grow in the garden that tastes like this. So that's when all the... Companies like Sakata were like, okay, we need to see this because, again, we need home gardeners to be able to replicate what they can buy at the grocery store. And great tomatoes really took off. So sweethearts, sweethearts come out of our Japanese breeding. So we have 33 breeding stations all over the uh, world. And the Japanese breeding for tomatoes concentrates on umami flavor. Have you heard of that?
0: No. I don't want to say it.
1: <laughs> umami. Umami. So umami is... It's, it's kind of hard to describe. I usually just give examples. So if you think about the richness of things like fish, Worcestershire sauce, um, straw, uh, mushrooms. Okay. So that's umami flavor. And so they incorporate that type of thinking for a rich, multi-layered flavor into the breeding. And Sweethearts was the first one to come out of that. And and it's still a, our most popular. What
0: a wonderful name, Sweetheart. Yeah. How could you go wrong with that?
1: It's, called, it's from our Valentine tomatoes. Mm. <laughs> so
0: it's an indeterminate? Yeah. Yep. Is it a compact indeterminate or is it one of them you need to trellis up and give them plenty of, You, you need to have a plan for it.
1: You do need to have a plan. It will get probably about six feet. So don't just let it go. Put yeah. it on a trellis. Yeah.
0: 60 days maturity.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's early.
0: Yep. All right, so let's move over. we are done with tomatoes? We're done with tomatoes. <laughs> okay. Although we could talk all day about yes, tomatoes. Yes, I could talk We about just touched on, the, we touched on the most powerful ones, and we, yeah. we'll have to do another show later and talk about some more. So let's move oh, on I love to these. peppers. This is a new series for us this year, too, okay. is the is the right on red, the yellow on yellow, and the orange on orange, or the orange to orange.
1: See, we made these. We were talking about names. Oh my we goodness. made these way too complicated.
0: <laughs> yes, you did. So this one is right on red. We'll, yep. we'll get the others later. Okay. So this is a sweet pepper.
1: It's a sweet pepper. The type is a Hungarian stuffing pepper. Mm-hmm. And you can see from the picture there that they're about, what, five, four and four and a half, five inches?
0: So do you would classify this as a pimento style. Yes, exactly. Okay. A lot of people want to buy a pimento pepper, but they don't understand it is a what pimento is. type. Yes, yep. exactly. So if you want a pimento pepper, this is your baby yep, right here.
1: Yep. And it's, it is a cute baby. And you... They look like Christmas tree ornaments to me when it's on the plant. The plant is very compact. It's a little bit taller than that little birdie we showed earlier. And the peppers absolutely cover it. They hang just like Christmas ornaments mm-hmm. all over it. And what's fun is you've got all three colors. And so you've got the yellow, yes to yellow, and the orange you sweep. And then what you can do, you can grow them outside just like a regular pepper. But what I like to do is put them in a pot, like a 12-inch pot to 14-inch pot, mm-hmm. and put one of each
0: color. In the pot. T what you hold that one for me right yep. there. So we have the red on red, yes to yellow, and orange you sweet pepper. <laughs> and
1: they're just really, really ornamental when you plant them all together. I've
0: got some planted in the garden, and they're still green, but they make making pretty good size, and it, at some point they're gonna turn colors on me, and I don't know which one I got planted. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I should i would say this, and then all your all your uh, viewers are gonna be like, oh please, we knew that. But I get this question a lot. So I'm going to talk about it anyway. People say, well, I want a red pepper, not a green pepper. Or I want a yellow pepper, not a green pepper. I'm like, well, it, wait. Yeah. <laughs> all green peppers are a color. It right. just depends on what color it is later right. when you wait. So yeah, these will all be green. even you know, And then you'll have to wait till they turn. But they're, I mean, 65 to 70 days for all of them. That's for all of them to turn their color. So that's just not to get the green pepper. That's mm-hmm. when it's
0: ready, colored and get. And there again, that's from transplant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And these, I mean, I like them, just like a, you would eat a snacking pepper, mm-hmm. like those lunchbox types, but of course, they're obviously the perfect type for stuffing.
0: So what I do is I core them out, yep. and I love them to grill them. I ah. stuff them, put them on the grill, and the flat bottom makes it really it's well perfect. because it sits on the grill. Yep. So that's why we, we use cream cheese and sausage and put oh. it together with sausage and then stuff. That's sounds oh. good. <laughs> good stuff. I would do that. Yep. Yeah, I like that. All right, and then we're gonna move over to another favorite of mine. Which is sweet dumpling squash. And I'm probably fixing to plant me some of these shortly. I got a spot that I've been working up last few days. And this is one I come to love a few years ago. We did a trial of them all probably five or six years ago. And this is the pepo
1: yes, it type is. squash, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which means it's
0: got a very compact plant.
1: Yeah. So it's not a bush plant, right. but it is like a restrictive vine mm-hmm. and it produces a lot of fruit on the vine. So again, this is great. Like, there's a lot of people that just don't have room to grow things like a winter squash or a pumpkin, especially if you're just going to get a right. few. But you'll it'll be worth it for this one because you're going to get a lot on this sign. And speaking, you were talking about how you fix the peppers with stuffing them. That is what I love. This oh, squash yeah. The yeah. texture of the flesh of the squash is absolutely amazing.
0: It's a very high sugar content. Very high sugar. Yeah. Yep.
1: And the higher the sugar and the less the um, dry matter than the, the texture is what it's all about. And it's the, not stringy. Right, and
0: they're at least it stores. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's not going to yeah. store this really good
0: for you, but uh, you eat it within 30 days, you'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a very underrated thing people should be growing in their mm-hmm. on their homestead or in their garden. Well, and
1: it's a manageable size, too. So I take these, I split it in half, and I make a rice and sausage and pepper and onion mixture. Mm-hmm. I, I, put all of, I brush olive oil on it, salt, pepper, and I cook them while I'm making the mixture. Mm. And at the very end, I put that with a little bit of Parmesan on top. And each half is the meal.
0: Right. So it's me it's and perfect for enough. two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do the same thing. Yep. Uh, 97% germination. Mm.
1: <laughs> we have rigorous germination standards. right? And that's important. Um, you know, we're constantly, we have a very, very complicated, specific system where our quality is such that we're on it all
0: the time. Speaking of germ- germination, certain species naturally have higher germination rates than Absolutely. others does, yeah. and we're always talking about southern peas. I mean, if there's anything out there that has trouble with germination, it's your cow peas or your southern peas. Yeah. Those babies always come in at lower than what you want them to on germination. That's the reason I tell people, plant them thick and don't hold any over, use up or throw away because they're probably not going to be any good next year.
1: That, that's a good point. So, you know, you can't always expect to have germination be in the 90 percentile. It right. depends on what crop it is, right. and you can always adjust with how much you plant, but, it, and certain seeds save longer than others.
0: Yep. Yeah. A prime example there is, I planted squash, and summer squash, and cucumbers this year, and I planted them early, and I got very poor germination. Mm. But it was cool nights. Yeah. So I turned around and waited two weeks, planted the same variety again, got near to 100% germination. It was just environmental conditions that caused yep. that germination. wasn't bad seed. No. It was environmental conditions that caused those seeds not mm-hmm. want to pop up. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about a couple of broccolis. Now, I know it's not necessarily broccoli time, but I thought we had to talk about these broccolis right well, here. Well,
1: we are the broccoli company, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> so Cicada is the broccoli company. Cicada... Um, if
0: you eat broccoli from the grocery store, more likely the seed comes from cicada.
1: Over 70% chance your wow. broccoli came that's from Wow, that's so, a huge market share. Over 70% chance, yeah, yeah. And that's all over the world. Really? Yeah. So we are the broccoli company. That being said, that means we have a lot of broccoli varieties to choose from.
0: Godzilla is a new one for us this year.
1: Brand new for us as well. And it was exciting to us, for the home gardener, because... Broccoli takes up a lot of real estate, Mm -hmm. and sometimes people might not think it's worth it, especially if you get this tiny little head, but you're not going to get a tiny little head there.
0: Hence the name. Hence the name. (laughs) Makes a really big head, 70 days of maturity. So if you're looking for, um, now if you was a beginning gardener, you might choose another variety, but if you're a seasoned gardener, you would probably, and you want to look, you want to win the county fair? Yeah. Or you want bragging rights? Yeah. This is the broccoli right here, right?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Godzilla now let's talk about broccoli for the beginner gardener okay this is our top selling broccoli right here
1: it's our top seller for the home gardener
0: magic broccoli yep and the reason is because it's easy to grow yeah
1: so as i mentioned because we're the broccoli company and we have so many broccolis broccoli is what we call slot specific so it's it's slotted for these three counties in california with that particular temperature and weather for that particular season or these in Arizona, or this one in Texas. So Green Magic is the reason it's so good for home gardeners. It it is truly a widely adapted broccoli. You hear that term a lot, widely adapted. You will always have good to great broccoli with Green Magic because it is not slotted for specific areas. It does well just about anywhere. And the other thing is it's just a really strong plant. So. We put thought into what the actual fruit part that you eat is like, or the you know in this case, the stem, fruiting stem, but it's also important to look at how that plant performs even underground. So the roots of these are really strong. And what that means for the home gardener is they don't have to pay as much attention to it. They don't have to give as much fertilizer. If they go away for the weekend, it gets a little dry. It's no big deal. And so those types of things are really important to the success. It's not just about that you can grow it anywhere. It's that it'll withstand a lot of different
0: conditions. Drought tolerant. Yeah. Probably the most temperature-unsensitive one yeah. out, there, out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've seen these things growing as far north as Maine. Yeah. And I guess they're growing way down in Florida as well. Yeah. So they, they are heat tolerant. Mm-hmm. uh just a great one. 55 days of to here, Green Magic Broccoli. I always recommend this one.
1: The other good thing about this, and I see now, actually, you have it on your package. A lot of broccolis are for spring. Mm-hmm. Some broccolis are for fall. It's right. not for spring or fall. Right. That's not the case here. Right. Spring or fall. Right. Whatever. If you have a quick spring and it disappeared, plant it in the fall. Right. Or vice versa.
0: What right. Green Magic Broccoli for y'all out there that love to eat broccoli. And I do love to eat broccoli. Okay, let's talk about oh. this one here. This is <laughs> a... Uh, This was a new one to me, but you really got some interesting uh, facts on this one. Orient wonder bean, or as you call it, asparagus bean.
1: Asparagus bean. bean. So I call it asparagus bean. That's one of the common names. Another common name is yard long bean. Mm -hmm. Just like it says, it's almost a yard long. So it is skinny, skinny, skinny. Can I see the picture on there? Sure. Yeah. So look how much those are wrapped all around. Um, So it's almost a yard long, real thin, in clusters of like six to ten beans per stem. And um Asian, you know, which we have a lot of these types of vegetables, right? Sure. Because we're we're breeding for all uh, tastes all over the world. Yep. Um Orient Wonder, I like to say up front, it is a very popular um unusual vegetable, but a lot of times unusual vegetables have their drawbacks. Sure. And the drawback of an of a, this type of bean, and this is all, not just this variety, you know, not this particular variety, but all beans of this type they go into dormancy, the seed goes into dormancy. So when, similar to what you were talking about earlier, when you said, I just need to wait a couple of weeks and then the olive seed germinated. So this seed, you could plant it and it will do nothing. You wait a month, it'll come up just fine. So the seeds actually go to sleep for two or three months, Wait back up and they do it all year long in this cycle.
0: Now is that according to a temperature that the seed is actually stored? No, in?
1: it's just like an internal
0: clock. It's like wow. a bear. <laughs> Could you trigger it by putting it in the freezer or refrigerator? So stratification?
1: We've done that. It helps sometimes a little bit. It'll like shorten the period, but it never really just like snaps out of it. It just kinda just has to go through its natural cycle.
0: So it can be frustrating to grow.
1: It can, but it's worth it because I'm going to tell you, it is so popular. We have all of our customers, regardless of this fact, beating down our doors. When's the next crop in? We need more. We need more. So it's worth growing.
0: And we got a, you were telling me earlier, we got a new shipment on the way. You do. (laughs) Yeah. So we're currently uh, out of these, but in the next few days, we should have more in stock. And you were
1: out because it was asleep. So we had to wait for it to wake back up. Wait back (laughs) up.
0: But it's it's been a good seller for us. And I haven't grown it yet, but I'm going to. But I'm glad you told me about the germination on the seeds because that can be important. I mean, you know, we would think we got bad seeds and throw them away, but that's not the case. Right. Exactly. Yep. All right. So I I say the best one for last, maybe. (laughs) Boy, you are
1: the okra jambalaya king. I'm going to tell you right now. Yep.
0: So we <laughs> you sell, sell
1: more, more okra jambalaya than anybody in the whole U.S. Yep. I think.
0: That's what I tell people all the time. It's you true. Know, they talk about freshness of seed. I said, "Look here, folks. We go through some seed." So uh, and what did
1: I tell you before I came yep. today? I said, wait a minute, you're going to talk about ochre jambalaya? Well, you better make sure you have some seed because you got it all.
0: Yep, yep. So we did. We got some left. It's been a huge seller this spring. It was a big seller last year. And the reason for this is, and I'm going to tell you, we have people all over the world, I say world, all over the United States send me seeds all the time. Mm -hmm. This is my uncle, so-and-so seed. We've been growing for generations and generations. It's a great seed. They may not have a name for it. They may have a name for it. Over the past few years, I have took those and trialed them. I do it every year. I trial them against the jambalaya. Ah. I, I The improved Clemson spineless, I, I, I trial them. <laughs> I know that one well. <laughs> several of them I have trialed against. None of them have ever come close to the productivity of the jambalaya okra.
1: Considering the size, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's tiny. It is. Somebody emailed me earlier today said they're... They was had to get on their knees to pick their <laughs> okra. And I said, "Well, you know, the, drop, the good thing is you won't need a ladder when it gets <laughs> right, full grown." Right. So a dark, dark green plant, yep. you know, it starts making when it's small, but it hardly ever gets over head high.
1: Oh no, no, no! I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah. I've never seen. It. Yeah. I've never seen it over. Yeah, about right. mm, four and a half feet right. at the max. I usually see it in like two and a half, three foot range.
0: Tell me what experience you've had with jambalaya okra. I know you've been selling for the last few years. As the well, brewery. so I
1: used to I used to buy it from Cicada when right. I was at Park Seed. It was our number one seller there. Really? T- over 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, and same reasons, especially, right? It's a very similar climate as here. You grow okra down there, all of a sudden it's nine feet tall and you can't get half of right. it. So the, the fact that it was such a compact plant, but you lost no yield at all. And the pods themselves were truly spineless, very smooth, mm-hmm. very dark green, and they did not really get woody even if you let them go past. Right. I mean, you know, you got to get out there and pick it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, and it'll produce, I, I, and I'm not exaggerating here, it'll <laughs> outproduce it two to one of the varieties that I've traveled. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of okra, two to one.
1: <laughs> it is. But you need a lot if you're going to sit yeah. there. Yeah. I, I mean, mean but you, you can probably... plant
0: half as much as you normally would if right. you plant this variety here. Right.
1: So it's already going to take up less space because the size of the plant. Right. And then you don't need as many plants. Yep. So,
0: yeah, so jambalaya okra, I'm glad to hear we sell more than anybody else does. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you're thinking about growing okra, or you ever had reservations about growing okra, uh, as far as ease of growing, this is as easy as any of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so this is the one to go with. Now, I got a, I got a new variety I'm growing this year, and it's more of a novelty type thing, mm-hmm. but I knew when I planted it that it wasn't going to be the jambalaya okra. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a red type okra. Yeah. So, but... Uh, Productivity of a market farmer. Look here, if you're a market <laughs> farmer, you growing for the public to sell, don't even look at any other variety besides this right here. This is the one you've got to go with. This is the staple.
1: It is, yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's the one every, all others are measured by. And there's a lot of heirloom okra out there.
1: There is. And they got That's their place. a lot of stalk. Yep. A lot of big leaves. Right. Not a whole lot of okra. Right. Yeah.
0: Yep, so there we have it, Jambalaya. So as always on our show, we like to uh, tell a joke once a week. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, what vegetable do chickens grow? This is our corny joke of the week.
1: Eggplant. <sighs> you got I'm it. Is that right? Yes, that's I right. Got it. Eggplant. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I should have had one. You should have had one. Uh, that was too quick.
0: You know, I had a birthday <laughs> earlier this week. Monday was my birthday and I just want to thank you for all you people out there that wish me a happy birthday. It made my day special. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of our customers. I appreciate all the people on our group, all the people that support our YouTube channel. And it's just a privilege to be a part of such a great community there. And as I tell people all the time, you know, we're, we're just like, we're just hardworking people that just like to get out there and, and get work in the garden, just normal, salt-of-the-earth people, and that's what I love and appreciate so much about our customers.
1: Well, i tell you something. You're doing an amazing job. I really do think that you have filled a need. You know, we were talking about this. I've been in the North a long time, but coming back down here, I realized, like, home gardeners, especially these last year and a half, yep. right? Yep. They need their seed. They need varieties that perform. They yep. need success, and you're creating new gardeners. So
0: Yeah, our goal... It's just to help people grow their own food as simple as that, to be Mm -hmm. successful. Yeah. So that's what we're all about. Well, thank you, Trace. Thank you. We'll have to have you back. I'll do it. You're a wealth of information there. Well, thank you so much for watching. And folks, you've got to get out there and get dirty.